What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoop Heads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Daily Thunder, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, At the Buzzer, and Cavaliers Fast Break. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, hoop heads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. That game, that game was kind of a disaster. Um, on the last pod, I talked a lot about how I thought that there was some low-hanging fruit for the Wizards to um, kind of adjust going forward. Like after, like like I said, like game one, sometimes it's a feel-like game. Um, you come up with a game plan after that that you can really, really hone in um, with your players and then, like, you know, adjust. Um, so sometimes if you lose game one by a lot of points, it's not a huge deal. Um, I don't know. It kind of felt like Doc Rivers did more adjusting than uh, Scott Brooks did in this game. And, I mean, like, it was a 25-point game. Um, Embiid, Harris, and Simmons didn't even play in the fourth quarter. Like, that's, that's a, like, that's a disaster. <laughs> that's really, really bad. Um, the Sixers just beat the Wizards 120-95. to Um and like I said, the game was not close for like the entirety of like it was never at any point in the game close. Um, there were a couple like moments in the game where the Wizards had above a 25% chance to win. Um, in the second quarter, midway through, it was a two-point game and the Wizards, <laughs> ESPN's win probability only gave them um, a 23% chance to win at that point. Um, so yeah, and then throughout like the whole entire second half, it really wasn't even close. That's kind of also the story of last game, um, but this game was even less competitive. Um, pretty much throughout the entirety of the fourth quarter, the Wizards had a less than 1% chance to win, um, which is not not particularly where you want to be. Um, so going over the overview and four factors uh, for this game, um, 97 possessions for each team, so not super fast-paced, um, which does not play well into the Wizards' hands. Um, their Wizards' offensive rating for this game was 96.9. Um, yeah, that's like offensive rating from like 2002. Um, that's like... So that's in the second percentile. That's insanely bad. The Sixers offensive rating is 123.7, which is really, really, really good. Obviously, um, you know, they won by 25 points. There's going to be a massive uh, difference in terms of um, 
net rating between the two teams. Um, the Wizards effective field goal percentage was 41.3%, which is in the second percentile. Um, Sixers was at 60.8%, which is really high. Um, Wizards turnover rate was 14.4%, about average. Um, Sixers was 12.4%, also pretty close to average. Um, Wizards offense rebound rate was actually like insanely good. It was 35.5%, which is in the 93rd percentile. Um, Sixers was about average at 29.3%. And the Wizards free throw rate was about average at 20.7%. And the Sixers was actually low at 14.8%. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where to start with this one. Um, I guess, oh no, I do want to go through the, over the box score, uh, basic box score stuff. Um, let's see. Um, Bradley Beal was awesome. Had 33 points, 14, 28 from the field, um, four, six from the free throw line. So 33 points coming on 31 shooting possessions, um, which is insanely efficient. Um, but for playoff basketball combined with what his individual team's offensive rating was, um, he was clearly raising the level of the Washington Wizards offense. Um, Russell Westbrook started again. He had 10 points, 2 of 10 from the field, 6 of 10 from the line. So 10 points coming on um, 15 shooting possessions is just like god awful. <laughs> he had also had 11 assists and 6 rebounds. Um, Rui Hachimura had 11 points, 4 of 6 from the field, 2 of 3 from the line, like whatever. Um, Danny Gafford had 11 points in 20 minutes. Some of that in garbage time, though. Ishmith had 10 points, um, 5 of 14 from the field and had 10 points. Um, didn't get to the line at all. And then, oh, obviously I have to say, um, call out Dallas Rattons, 0-4 from three, um, six fouls, minus 11, and played 24 minutes. Um, not, not particularly a great night for him. Um, looking at the Sixers, um, their three best players were really, really good today. Um, the best of which, like, was probably Ben Simmons. Um, ben Simmons was absolutely awesome. He had 22 points, 11 to 15 from the field. Um, also only coming in 29 minutes. Um, he was plus 18. Um, Joel Embiid was plus 19 in 26 minutes, 8 for 12 from the field, um, 3 or 4 from 3 and 3 or 3 at the line. He had 22 points. I don't know if I said that. <laughs> um, Tobias Harris had 19 points, plus 11. Um, 9 of 13 from the field, only played 23 minutes. Um, he exited for like 5 seconds with that ankle injury, but then he was fine, um, which is good. Like, I don't want to be playing against an injured team. Um, and then looking at the Sixers bench, um, like, Furkan Korkmaz had 13 points. Um... <laughs> And Tyrese Maxey came in garbage time at 10 points. He actually looked pretty decent out there. Happy to see that. Um, also have to give shout outs to Isaiah Joe and Paul Reed and also Anthony Tolliver, who somehow still in the league. Anthony Tolliver is 35 years old. He moves around like he's like 40. <laughs> but, you know, good for him for getting two playoff minutes. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so let's start with the adjustments that the Sixers made. Um you know, first let's start with, so I just want to, so <laughs> I'm, I'm confused. Okay. So if you look at the starting lineups, um, the Sixers have a front court of Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris. The Wizards have a front court of Alex Len, Rui Hachimura and Bradley Beal. Um, so, and then the two guards for the Wizards are like six foot one, Hal Neto, six foot three, Westbrook, like Beal six three. And then obviously like Hachimura six eight and Alex Len's like what's six eleven seven foot. Um, and then you have the Sixers who have six three Seth Curry. And then you have like six, six Danny Green. And then your third smallest guy out there is six, eight Tobias Harris. And the Wizards third smallest guy out there is six, three Bradley Beal. So like automatically, like just with the starting lineups, you have a serious math problem, um, with how to guard these guys. Um, the way the Wizards have tried to answer it is to put, um, Russell Westbrook on to Ben Simmons, um, allow Russell Westbrook to leverage his lower center of gravity, um, his lower body strength to try to push Ben Simmons far enough away from the post that it doesn't really matter if he posts up, he's just going to force him into like little hook shots or little fadeaways. Um, in theory that could possibly work. Um, 
But then when you combine that with how the Wizards are playing Joel Embiid, it's just leading to absolute disaster. Um, so what I mean by that is that, um, so what the Sixers do is that they can just put Ben Simmons in the dunker spot. The Wizards help from the baseline every single time. So if you have Ben Simmons in the dunker spot and Joel Embiid working in the post, um, then the help is coming from Russell Westbrook, who's guarding Ben Simmons. Um, and then you have to help the helper. So then the next guy pulling over to help is usually either going to be Howell Neto, um, or it's going to be, what's his face, Bradley Beal. Because uh, the Sixers are smart enough to have um, Tobias Harris, you know, usually on the strong side, a guy who you really, really cannot help off of. I mean, like, no one you can help off of besides Ben Simmons. Um, but having someone like Tobias Harris on the strong side makes it tough, um, especially if you're like, Rui's not going to help from one pass away, right? Um, so if you have, like, either Seth Curry or Danny Green in that weak side corner where they're really, really good shooters, um, then the help, helping the helper comes from there. Um, and helping the helper is on Ben Simmons. So all of a sudden you have Rui or Beal on Simmons. You have two guys on Joel Embiid and Joel Embiid can so easily either spin baseline and just score over Russell Westbrook, or he can spin middle and then just throw a pass to the weak side corner because he knows that corner is wide open, especially if it's a single tag on the weak side. So it's just so easy for them. Like it's so easy. And this is an adjustment that I talked about last time. I don't know, like helping from the baseline every single time just makes Joel Embiid's read so easy. It makes the 76ers the way that they can like move the chess pieces around, the way Doc Rivers can just set up his offense. It just it just makes it way too easy. They can run like tons of wedge or cross screens or just like have Joel Embiid literally just walk into the post. Like the Wizards aren't fronting Joel Embiid, which I get because it's really, really tough to front someone like Joel Embiid. But like you can't just you can't just bring a double from the same place every single time on the catch. Like he knows it's coming. It's so easy. It, like one thing, oh my God, I remember like teams used to do this against Joel or Jaleel Okafor in college. And Duke would just destroy teams because he would just, they would just like send a couple cuts or like he would just make a spin or like whatever, like towards the middle. And he would just score every time or they would just score every time because teams are stupid enough to send a double from the same play. Like this is the same issue. Like this is the NBA though. Like we're not playing like college basketball here. Like it's like Michael Lombardi, who runs the defense should be smart enough to make some sort of adjustment here. Um, it doesn't really make sense to me. And also I think that Scott Brooks should be smart enough to make an adjustment to the starting lineup that doesn't match the Sixers starting lineup, like it's just impossible to scheme anything against the Sixers group. Um, something the Wizards started to do against Tobias Harris because like Rui, first of all, Rui cannot get around a screen against anyone. Like he's just too big. He's not super agile. He can't really move his hips that well. Like it's, it's okay. He's six foot eight, like six foot eight human beings who are that built just normally cannot really get through screens. But if you have someone like Tobias Harris, who's really, really good at using screens and can also shoot well enough off the dribble that it forces you to chase over screens, if you have someone guarding him that can't get around a screen, then you're in trouble, right? So you have to bring someone up to the level of the screen, and then all of a sudden he can cook. Or if you kind of drop, if you play a drop, which the Wizards like to play a lot of, he's going to kill you on pull-ups. Um, and also the Wizards do so, so much switching, one through four, that he's usually just like running, like just playing against like Bradley Beal or Russell Westbrook. And that's just a disaster because he has five inches on them. I mean, he's a really good shooter. Um so these matchups don't make sense. And also, like, one thing that the Wizards did at some points in the game where they tried to either ice or weak Tobias Harris ball screens. Um, so just try to not let him use the screen. Um, you know, force him to score over the top of you, okay? The Sixers, it's easy enough for them to just have Joel Embiid or um, even, like, Ben Simmons, who was setting a lot of screens, to flip the angle. Um, and then all of a sudden, Tobias Harris is using a screen again, and he's going attacking downhill. If it's Ben Simmons as a screener, he's attacking downhill against... Russell Westbrook, or if it's like Alex Len, he can attack downhill again. Like, it's just, it's too easy for him. It's way too easy. He was 9 of 13 in this game. At no point did I think that he was, like, doing anything absolutely spectacular. He was just kind of taking what the Wizards were giving him. Um, 
to make any sense. Um, Joel Embiid, like I said earlier, he knows where the help is coming from. It just makes his life so easy. Also, if Joel Embiid is hitting three for four from three, like the Wizards were trying to, I guess the game plan is like, if he shoots the jumper, then you live with that, right? And that makes perfect sense. Um, I want to pull up Joel Embiid's um, stats super quick. I want to clean the glass for uh, mid-range shots. Uh, cleaning glass is loading. It's not helping me out here. But anyways, if Joel Embiid is hitting jump shots, you live with that. Um, but you've got to guard him a different way. Like the easiest low hanging fruit to me is to bring doubles from different places or even mix up your doubles. Maybe do it after he dribbles one time. Maybe do it after he dribbles two times. Like, you don't NBA teams are capable of doing that or like most are, um, or do it from different angles is what I've been calling for this whole time or do it off a specific player. Um, or something like you have to do something. It's he's just reading the defense so easily, like making reads. Like it's impressive that he's gotten to the point where he can make these reads because like for the bulk of his career he just was incapable of it and that was like one of the biggest weaknesses of him but he's gotten to the point where if you're going to double from the same place every time he's just going to do a weak side like a kick to the weak side corner and it's just going to be an open shot all day long um so you have to adjust um and we'll kind of see what scott brooks goes with in game three um but shooting accuracy okay i finally pulled it up oh my goodness um so from long mid joel Embiid's at 48 percent, which is actually like really 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 good from long mid um, but that's still not good enough to drive efficient offense. Um, from short mid, he's at 46%. And then from three this year, he's at 38%, which is, that's pretty incredible. <laughs> that's pretty incredible for someone his size. Um, but anyways, so Joel Embiid is shooting jump shots. You kind of live with that. Um, like you're just going to, like, there's nothing you can do because if you bring Alex Len or Daniel Gafford or, um, Robin Lopez up that high, like they're just going to get absolutely cooked on the perimeter by Joel Embiid. He's just too good. Um, also like bringing that help away from the basket, especially when you're playing so small, all of a sudden you have Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons attacking downhill against a bunch of guards and maybe one wing. Um, it's kind of asking for trouble. Um, yeah. So, um, let's see how far into this are we? 11 minutes. Okay. So let's talk about Bradley Beal. Um, something positive here. Um, as you know, I want to talk about lineups um, for the Wizards. Let's talk about something negative instead. Um, so looking at the lineups, um, obviously I've gone through the starters, and then the rotation has been um, Dallas Rutans, Robin Lopez, Daniel Gafford, and Ish Smith. So if you have those nine players, I've talked a ton about shooting. But I want to talk a little bit about defensive versatility um, because the Wizards just got absolutely cooked um, in this game. They got cooked in the last game. Um, and a lot of this game like was garbage time. So I don't even know what like the actual offensive rating was for the competitive portion of this game. Um, but I'm sure like the Sixers had one, like they had what, 94 points going into the fourth quarter. So I'm sure their offense rating was even higher, um, than it was in this game. Um, like their actual one. Um, so you need better defenders out there. Like the easiest way to get a better defense, like I talked about some of the scheme stuff, but the easiest way to do it is just to have better defenders out there. Um, and you will, if you have Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, and Rui Hachimura, like none of those guys are above average defensively. It's hard to have a good defense. Like how Neto, like he's probably an average defender, but in this particular matchup, what do you do with him? Um, you can hide him out on Danny Green and like have him lock and trail against um, Seth Curry all you want. But like even like locking and trailing, that's not really what he excels at. He really excels like getting in on ball against like slower, bulkier guards, like your Kyle Lowry, Chris Paul types. Like that's really the matchup for him. The matchup for him is not locking and trailing against Seth Curry. Um, so it's kind of like, what do you do there? Um, you have Dallas Rutans coming off the bench, who's just so, such a liability. He's such a liability. No matter what coverage the Wizards try to play with him, they've tried to go on like hard shows with him. Um, they try to just switch with him. They try to like, uh, you can't do anything with him defensively. Like he is an absolute liability. He gets a ton of fouls. Like he got t- six fouls in this game in 24 minutes. And like, 
Uh, he's awful defensively. Um, Robin Lopez, he should not play in this series um, against Joel Embiid at all because he's not a very good post defender. Um, but like his lack of foot speed um, does limit. Like you have to play a drop with Robin Lopez out there. And playing a drop in a playoff scenario, especially against a team with multiple guys that can really shoot the ball coming off the dribble, um, it's tough. Especially like Robin Lopez in a drop against Ben Simmons or Tobias Harris, it's hard because those guys are such good finishers around the rim. They're really crafty. Um, so it's really, really tough for Robin Lopez to kind of give the Wizards good minutes in this series. Then you have Daniel Gafford. He has no shot against Joel Embiid in the post. He has no shot against Ben Simmons or Tobias Harris on the perimeter. He he's can't switch at all. The only thing you can probably do with him is a hard show. I think that he could do that, like a show and recover. Um, but like besides that, like he gives you a little more versatility though because he can move his feet just like not laterally on the perimeter just because he like is incapable of flipping his hips at all. Um, and like he his footwork is just so bad at this point. I talked about that a lot though. And then you have Ish Smith um, who hit, like positionally he's actually like not really bad, that bad defensively. Um, he's just like so small and skinny out there um, that he, he can't really have an impact, especially in this series against the size of the Sixers. Like, if you look at who's coming off the Sixers bench, like Furkan Korkmaz is like 6'7", like Shake Milton's like 6'5", and like Matisse Thibel's like what, 6'7", like 6'6". Um, and then you have Dwight Howard, who's like massive. Um, and that's their, like, that's their nine. And then our nine is like, you know, like four small guards and <laughs> like no wings. Like how do the Wizards have no rotation level wings? Like, how is that possible? Okay, so if I'm Scott Brooks, first of all, I'm 100% like I would think about starting Isak Bonga, Garrison Matthews. You need wing-sized guys out there to defend the other team's wing-sized guys. Garrison Matthews is like a little bit like skinny and he's six foot five. Like he might not be the wing you're looking for, but like Isak Bonga is so much better than Chandler Hutchison. Chandler Hutchison is so bad defensively. He got cooked so many times. He's so bad offensively. They weren't guarding him. They know not to guard him. He can't do anything off the dribble. He's a poor decision maker. He's a poor pat. Like, I don't understand the theory of having him out there at all. And he got cooked on defense. He can't defend. He's not a, like, he's fine as a help guy, but like on the ball, he's terrible. Like, I'm sorry. He just is. He just gets cooked so often. I don't understand why Chandler Hutchinson plays at all. Um, like Garrison Matthews and Isak Bonga just have to be in the rotation. If you want any chance to defend this team, you're not going to just like run out there with a bunch of guards and try to outscore them. Like they just have too much length. They have too much size. Their help defense is like incredible. Like they have four guys who could probably make a case to be an all defensive team. They might have three that actually make it. Like, I don't think there's any shot that Danny Green makes it. Um, but like, I think he has a case. Um, and then like Matisse Thibault like, just absolutely destroyed the Wizards bench when Beal wasn't in. Um, it's kind of insane. Like, the Wizards just don't have a shot with the guys that they put out there defensively and, like, even offensively. Like, if you put, like, a bunch of guys out there that can't shoot, how do you expect to score? <laughs> how do you expect to have good offense, especially against a team like this that has so much size and length? Like, if you you have three above-average shooters on, like, the entire team um, in Beal Bertans and Garrison Matthews, can you play them together, please? <laughs> um, like... I want to see, um, I'm going to pull up the lineup data for that because I don't think those guys have played together at all. Like, <sighs> it just doesn't make sense. Like, and like Beal, Beal's absolutely phenomenal. Um, I do want to talk, I want to talk about that right after I pull up this lineup data um, for having the three guys that can actually shoot on the floor together. Um, what's your line? Okay, so before, what was that played? 7,332 um possessions together the lineup with lineups with Bradley Beal, Dallas Ratons, and Garrison Matthews on the floor all at the same time have played 
132 possessions together with a point differential of plus 10.1, 95th percentile. Um, their offensive rating is 128.8, 100th percentile, and the defensive rating is 118.7, which is in the 10th percentile. But absolutely insane offense. I want. I don't want to look at. I want to look at shooting frequency. Shooting frequency from three is only in the 50th percentile, um, and then the shooting accuracy from three is wow. 27th percentile that's insane okay anyways or not 27th percentile 27 percent which is in the zeroth percentile at the rim they're shooting incredibly well and that's how they've been getting offense which makes sense having more spacing out there is going to allow you to get to the rim more um but anyways um maybe it doesn't make sense to that extent but still um those three guys have to play together like isak banga like if you want anyone like he's probably the best guy to guard tobias harris he might be a little bit too skinny if tobias harris really gets into his post game um but like post-ups with the other team's small forward or power forward is kind of what you want, um, especially when like Tobias Harris is not nearly like the same level of passing threat that Ben Simmons is in the post. Um, and also, if, if you have the length of Isak Bonga, like you know, disrupting some passing lanes, I think that makes sense. Um, like, but Rui Hachimura cannot guard him. Um, like, also Isak Bonga just has a help guy. Like, even in his like garbage minutes off the bench, like he made like three really really impressive plays like on the weak side in help. Um, he just has to play, like just throw him out there, like do something like you're going to get swept if you don't try to do something else. Um, there's a lot of schematic things, but I also think that there's just like, just seriously low hanging fruit. Like honestly, at this point, just start Daniel Gafford. Like if, at least he gives you something offensively. Um, like I don't even like why, like Len doesn't really give you anything on offense and he just gets cooked by Embiid anyways, or like maybe even go small. Um, that's something I've heard a lot, like go small with Rui at the five, um, put a lot of shooting around Bradley B and Russell Westbrook. Um, and then like, cause you're going to double and beat every single time he touches the ball anyways. Right. So if you're going to double him, why even bother with a center out there, put out a player that's really, really going to stress him out on offense. Now, I don't think the wizards have that guy that can really do it. I think the team that might be able to do it is in the next series against the Hawks or the Knicks. Like if the Knicks go Julius Randle at the five and Ben Simmons has to stay with him, that's tough. Um, if the Hawks put John Collins at the five and Joel Embiid has to stick John Collins, like in stack, that's tough. <laughs> um, so that I think that's actually really, really interesting. Um, but yeah, like the Wizards have no shot if they don't adjust. And at this point, like you know, one eight series are they're tough to win. I said sixes and five um, on my preview pod. We'll see. We'll see if the Wizards get to five. Uh, I'll just say that much. Um, but yeah, I do. I forgot to talk about Buell awesomeness. I wrote in my notes to talk about Buell awesomeness. Um, how far into this? Twenty minutes. Okay. So Bradley Beal is insane. Um, the whole entire, a lot of the game plan is aimed at stopping Bradley Beal. He played 35 minutes and still scored 33 points, albeit he was minus 22. That's not his fault to me, um, even though the defense is not good. Um, one to six from three, he easily could have had more points, um, but he is insane. Um, when he was really, really, really getting into a lot of his actions, um, he was awesome. Um, him working off the ball, like he is, like I never see people talk about him as off-ball mover. Like he's unbelievable at that. Um, on the ball, like just utilizing screens better, like using his dribble to get Ben Simmons to run into the screens more, um, is kind of an underrated skill in the league and like Bradley Beal developing that a little bit more is going to really, really help him in the coming years. Um, but him kind of diving into that, um, to get more open looks and like kind of attack the like semi drop that the Sixers are playing with, um, Joel Embiid out there, um, was killing them. Um, Bradley Beal was awesome tonight. Um, like he's just such a good shot creator like he was getting like no help i don't know how many of his buckets were unassisted but i assume it's a good amount um i want to pull up his shot chart um for this game um so he got to the restricted area five times was three for five four ten from floater range a ridiculous insane six to seven from mid-range and then one to six from above the break three 
Um, six and seven for mid range. Um, league average from there is forty one point four percent. Beal was at eighty five point seven percent for this game. Obviously, that's not sustainable. Um, but um, glad to see it happen. Um, but it also sucks that the Wizards wasted such a good Beal game. Like it wasn't even competitive, and Beal was like insane. Um, the Sixers did lock in more. They're kind of bringing more nail help and stuff like that. Um, bringing more help off screens. Um, ben Simmons is doing a much better job of getting over. I'm sure he got chewed out by Doc Rivers at halftime. Um, about that, I think Beal had like twenty four at the half. Um. But also, like, Simmons is being really, really aggressive on offense. Um, and if you're being that aggressive offensively, it's kind of tough um, to come back and defend Bradley Beal. Um, yeah, so do we, do we want to talk about Russell Westbrook? Um, first of all, a fan threw popcorn at Russell Westbrook. I feel like I have to just mention that. Like, don't do that. Like, that's stupid. Um, but anyways, so Russell Westbrook got hurt. We'll kind of, I don't want to speculate or anything. I know it's a, I think it's a left ankle injury. Um, or maybe right. I don't really remember, um, but we'll see. Um, hopefully he's back because I don't like when guys miss time. Um, but Russell Westbrook really, really struggled tonight again. Um, a lot of times it was Danny Green on him. Sometimes George Hill was doing pretty good on Russell Westbrook. He only made two shots all night. Um, and this is kind of the issue with Russell Westbrook in the playoffs as it was last year, where you can put a pretty good help defender like George Hill and Danny Green are good help defenders. Put them on Russell Westbrook. Um, don't guard him if he doesn't have the ball. When he has the ball, just step back, go under every screen, make it tough. Um, and he's not really going to be that effective because a lot of his game is kind of relying on getting downhill. And if you kind of prevent him from getting on downhill with a bigger, longer guy um, who's strong, who knows how to play defense, and you kind of have him drop back five feet, then it's tough for him to do anything. And if he shoots mid-range jump shots, you're going to live with that all game because if he shoots 30 mid-range jump shots or 20 or 10 or five or whatever, like you're going to win the game. Um, Russell Westbrook didn't fall for the bait like he was last game. He still shot three threes. He only shot two shots in the mid-range, two of four from inside the strict area, and one of four in floater range. Um, so, like, not bad, but he needs to get more shots. And the way that he gets a lot of his shots before was running in transition. Um, but the Sixers are a smart team. They were not really going after offensive rebounds at all when Russell Westbrook was on the floor. They're just running back on defense, and that kind of kills his effectiveness. Russell Westbrook is not a very effective half-court offensive player. Um, it's just the way he plays. Like he's awesome in transition. Um, if you can prevent him from getting out in transition, then you're good. Um, but overall wizards transition frequency was 12.4%, which is in the 39th percentile. Um, I want to see what it is. So for the entire season, um, the wizards transition frequency is 17.8%. Um, so that's a big drop off. Um, and that a lot of it is because of the Philadelphia 76ers scheme. Um, and that's their offensive rebound scheme. Don't do it. <laughs> Just get back to protect the paint. Um, fill out the shooters. Like, and that's how you play transition defense. And that's how you like that kind of that stuff happens in the playoffs usually. Um, so if the Wizards, who are really, really reliant on transition offense to get a lot of buckets, can't do that anymore. And like Russ Westbrook's reliant on transition to get a lot of what he does, then it's really, really, really tough to do anything. Um, so we'll kind of see what he does. Like I've been begging for Russell Westbrook to be used. Uh, first of all, I want to see a, like stack action or like something to really, really stress them going under. Um, because if teams go under and you can't really punish them for that, then it gets really tough. Especially like if like sometimes it, when you go under screens, it gives the offensive player an angle to attack. Um, whenever that happens, like it's kind of just a lot of help and then a lot of Joel Embiid at the rim, like stuff like that. Um, because you don't really have a pop threat as a big and you don't really have shooters in either like either wing like you don't have more than two shooters on the floor at any time um so it just makes Russell Westbrook's life really hard but like again I want to see him being used with handoffs with Bradley Beal a lot because that's really really going to stress if you are hanging back I want to see him used as a screener for Bradley Beal which is something I literally have not seen all season long um because that's really really going to stress 
um, the way that team, like I would just use him like straight up how like Miami uses Bam out of bio, but kind of like a little bit more on ball, ball handling role, like the way they like Bam out of bio, like he's not a threat to shoot at all, but he's still like really, really effective because he's a really, really good passer. He can like work in delay action a ton. Um, he has those awesome dribble handoffs with Duncan Robinson. Um, he sets a ton of screens. He rolls to the rim really, really well. Like Russ Westbrook had one play. It was kind of like a broken transition play, but he was in the dunker spot and he got a layup. Um, use him in the dunker spot more. Like, I don't understand like why, I don't know if it's a reluctance from Russell Westbrook or if it's a reluctance from Scott Brooks, but like he kind of needs to be used more as a, like a center that can really, really handle the ball rather than a point guard on offense. Like, cause he just doesn't have shooting. Like he can't shoot. So he needs to be treated up like game plan wise as someone who can't shoot. Um, so I don't really understand that. I just don't. Um, the Wizards are not going to win. Um, just playing the way that they are. Um, so we'll kind of, we'll see. Like the Wizards have another two days off. That's a lot of time off to game plan. Um, hopefully Scott Brooks thinks of something because <laughs> like right now it's a disaster. Like the lineup needs work. The scheme needs work. Um, Russell Westbrook's ankle needs work. Um, Russell Westbrook's jump shot needs work, but that's like a whole nother, like that's never going to happen. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Um, we'll kind of see. I'll go through my notes and that'll be that for this episode. Um and so one of the first plays of the game, um, the Sixers ran a ball screen with Simmons and um, Tobias Harris. Um, Rui couldn't get over, and then the help was coming from Russell Westbrook, who was guarding Simmons. I talked about that, but like that's really, really tough to stop um, when you have those particular matchups out there. Um, I just talked about this, but Russell Westbrook um, got a bucket from the dunker spot. Um, just makes too much sense to me, um, especially when um, Danny Green is going to be helping so much from that spot. Um, ben Simmons in the dunker spot, Neto helps, blah, blah, blah. I'll talk about that. Um, Benson has been using the dunker spot um, much more. Um, talked about it on the pod. <laughs> yeah, I did. I talked about it last time. Like Benson has been using the dunker spot when he's being guarded by Russell Westbrook. It's so tough. Um, Rui in early foul trouble size is going to be a huge issue. Yeah, Rui's in early foul trouble and they brought in like Davos Bertans and like that. Then all of a sudden you have three guards, Bertans and Alex Len against the Sixers. Like that's never going to work. Um, ben Simmons is really, really being aggressive and he's cooking with the size. Um, yeah, Ben Simmons is awesome in this game. Um, Wiz still have no way to guard Harris. They try to ice, but simple angle flip still allows him to a step up, um, allows him to score. Um, Wiz is really rely on transition for good offense um, and also like early offense, like drag screen, stuff like that. Um, and then just like driving and kicking. Um, this is tough for stopping early offense, but like once the six is really clamped down on that, like it's kind of done. Um, Bradley Beal is having a lot of success using screens to get his shots. Talk about that. Um, <laughs> the Wiz want to be taking jumpers. If you're making them, then it's lights out. Um, yeah, um, it's a bet you have to make. Um, otherwise, like, you can't guard him. Um, Wiz run a double drag with an empty strong side to get something for Russ. Danny Green just goes under both screens and completely kills the action. Again, it's so hard to, like, do stuff, like, traditional stuff that the Wiz like to do with Russell Westbrook. Um, the way the teams are going to defend him in the playoffs. Like, it's not going to work. Um, Ben Simmons being that aggressive on offense makes it tough for him to constantly fight around screens defensively with Beal being so good as an off-ball mover. Talk about that. Um, and Bede showing up higher on Beal screens. Um, yeah, so they eventually went to that, like, but at that point it was already over and like Beal barely even played after that. I don't know if Embiid like played for more than 30 seconds after I wrote that note down. Um, Bertans fouled out 30 seconds into the fourth. <laughs> like, come on. Like, one note I will say about Bertans is he's not used well at all. Like, I've said this before, but like if JJ Redick or Kyle Korver or Duncan Robinson, like a player of that caliber, a shooter of that caliber, like even like, I'm not going to say Buddy Heald because um, he doesn't move around the ball that well. Uh, I'm trying to think of another one. I don't know. There's like no analog for Dallas Bertans being someone of that size and being that good of a shooter. Like he should be killing the defense, even if he's going over four and playing like crap. 
Like, you got to use him in creative ways where he's setting screens, um, like, being, like, an absolute serial screener, um, coming off tons of, like, wide pin downs, coming off tons of flares, like, all this kind of crazy stuff, like, Duncan Robinson, Steph Curry-level stuff, like, that even, like, like, he's still bending the defense even if he's not making shots, and it's just, that's not happening. Like, Scott Brooks just isn't using the creative juices, like, and he was doing it last year, too. Like, that's the frustrating thing. In the regular season, he was doing it more last year. Like, I don't know what's going on there, um, but that's really, really, really weird to me. Um... Anyways, um, Breton's getting cooked on defense. Smart teams just go right at him. Yeah, he's still a defensive liability. So he has to be awesome on offense if he's playable. And right now he's not. Um, and I blame a lot of that on Scott Brooks. I also blame it on Breton. It's like, he's just not playing well. Um, there's no way Maxi should be having this much success. This is embarrassing. It, that was embarrassing. I do love me Maxi though. Um, Sixers have blocked a crazy amount of jumpers. Yeah, I want to see. How many blocks did the Sixers? The Sixers blocked 14 shots. Like, Matisse Thibault blocked five shots, and, like, three of those were jumpers. Like, that's insane. Um, Dwight Howard blocked three shots. Paul Reed, shout out Paul Reed. He got in one block. Uh, Dwight Howard only blocked one shot. Tyrese Maxey blocked three shots? How's that even possible? <laughs> Anyways, Shake Milton blocked one shot. Danny Green blocked two shots. Ben Simmons blocked one shot. Okay, that's interesting. George Hill blocked one shot. Furkan Korkmaz blocked one shot. Shake Milton blocked one. Okay, like, what, what the heck is this? How, do, how did you let Tyrese Maxey block three shots? Okay, whatever. So that's going to do it for this pod. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Wizards play again on Saturday at 7 o'clock. I wonder if they're going to be relegated to NBA TV again. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so definitely check that out. I have a podcast coming out that night. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. I'll see you next time.